Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Blues podcast, part of the Locked On Live Network and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Thomas Welch, and today we're going to be breaking down uh, the weekend road trip through California. The Blues just recently lost to the San Jose Sharks 3-2 to two in overtime fashion. We'll get into all of that, as well as the return of the dynamic Russian superstar Vladimir Tarasenko. We'll give our thoughts on his play so far. Uh, and what we can look forward to with the homecoming of Alex Petrangelo coming up on Friday and Saturday against the Vegas Golden Knights. But before we get into that, I do want to remind you guys that today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. So go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off your first purchase. Alright, so a lot of positives to take away from this road trip. Obviously getting points in every single game uh, bodes well for the success of this team moving forward. But it feels like all the little things that we've had a problem with this team uh, early on in the season that was contributing to their struggles have finally kind of ironed themselves out a little bit. I mean, the defensive zone exits were a problem. They've been doing a fantastic job of that. The passing looks like they've been clicking in every game recently. It feels like that's a consistent trend that we're not going to have to worry about that anymore. The power play has just been night and day difference. I mean, you could talk about the passing on that all you want, but really it all comes down to finishing. And the Blues are finally making passes east to west instead of north to south. They're not funneling pucks to the blue line, uh, throwing it on net and seeing what happened. It's a lot more concise. It's a lot more strategized. Uh, and the team looks a lot more confident when they're on the power play. I think there was one game pregame that Tory Krug was talking about. And he's like, yeah, man, people just, we just know what we're going to do now. They have a plan. They stick to it. They go out, execute it. And that's all you can really ask from a power play. A lot of people had doubts about Vili Huso. Last game, he looked just night and day difference. The confidence, he grows with every single game. We're seeing a lot more one-on-one stops. Uh, not as many first-shot goals lately. And in his rookie season in the NHL, I th- think he's doing a pretty good job. I mean, obviously he's not Jake Allen. Jake Allen's a seasoned veteran with playoff experience coming in to back up Carey Price. So comparing their stats aren't really fair. Comparing Jake Allen's stats to Jordan Bennington aren't really fair, considering Montreal Canadiens are playing out of their mind hockey right now. But uh, Craig Berube said it best, you're going to need two goalies to compete in this league, compete in the playoffs, uh, because it's a marathon, not a sprint. So there's no reason to root against the success of a guy like Vili Husso. There's no reason to ship him out of here at the first sign of him struggling, because we genuinely don't have anybody else. Colton Ellis is 20 years old, Joel Hofer is 20 years old. Bringing those guys into the lineup right now just makes no sense for this team. I have faith in Vili Husso. I really do. I love the way he carries himself. I love his post-game comments. It genuinely looks like he goes out there every night and has fun, has a good time playing hockey. And I think there's a lot of guys in this league that look at it as a profession and look at it as a way to make a lot of money. And there's a lot of guys that look at hockey as the love of their life and they just want to play it for as long as possible. And I think there's two very stark contrasts between those types of players and the kind of buy-ins you get from them. Some other guys that look like they're loving life right now and loving playing the game of hockey uh, are our third and fourth liners, Nathan Walker, Dakota Joshua, Kyle Clifford. Mackenzie McEachern, all those guys are just playing night in and night out. You know where you're going to get with them. They're going to grind it out. They're going to win board battles, and they're going to create some scoring chances while they're at it. Kyle Clifford setting the tone early, answering the bell when Gabriel came calling and dropping the mitts with him, I think was electric. Dakota Joshua's banging bodies everywhere you look. Mackenzie McEachern, I feel like, has completely 
bought into his role and is absolutely flying on every shift change that I watch him. And Nathan Walker and Mackenzie McEachern look absolutely identical. Combine that with the physicality and skill set that Sammy Blay brings, along with the hot streak that Zach Sanford has currently been on. And this team can compete. I know we talked about injuries a lot on this show, and for good reason, because there is a lot of money still on the long-term injured reserve. So this team has every right to be struggling, but they're not. And I think that just alludes to the amount of depth that this team has. Not only the depth, but the coaching ability of Craig Berube as well, to kind of instill in them that next-man-up mentality and instill in them like, hey, I don't care if you started the season on the taxi squad, you're capable of hanging with these big dogs, and here's exactly why. I'm going to throw you out on the fourth line against their first line, and you're going to lock them down easy. And they've been doing just that. On the defensive side of the puck, I feel like it's kind of more of the same. We we saw this defense struggle early on. Tory Krug wasn't playing bad, but you could tell he wasn't really sure where he fit in the system. Last game against San Jose was by far the best game I've seen from Tory Krug in a blue sweater yet. Uh, he's firing stretch passes left and right, laying bodies on guys, clearing out the crease. He was doing that all. And obviously Justin Falk's been the number one defenseman all season long. With them as a top pairing, this team is easily playoff potential. Marco Scandella has continued to be hot, uh, playing great hockey. Alongside Vince Dunn, who since his time being benched and healthy scratched, has been playing absolutely lights out on the power play as well. Robert Bertuzzo getting him back was big. And Nico Mikula finally getting his first NHL goal off an assist from Vladimir Tarasenko. What a moment for the rookie. And you got to think that's going to give him a boost of confidence moving forward as well. So so the defense has absolutely been picking up the slack in Colton Pareko's absence, which is great because from what I hear about the situation, uh, it sounds like he has a bulging disc in his back, which is hindering his movement, his mobility, his speed, and his ability to get physical with other opponents. And as I understand it, this could be something that could potentially linger into other seasons. So I'm not really sure what that looks like for the expansion draft. I know there's some kind of stipulations about protecting players that are injured. There's like a certain amount of threshold of games that he would have to hit. I'm not sure if he's hit that threshold, especially since it's a shortened season, but that's definitely something to keep an eye on. On the bright side, it does sound like Oscar Sundquist will be due back soon. Uh, hopefully this weekend, Tyler Bozak has also been skating, so it sounds like his return is coming up as well. Hopefully we get Oscar Sundquist back for this weekend series against the Vegas Golden Knights, as that usually spells a recipe for success for this Blues team. But we'll be talking more about Alex Petrangelo's potential homecoming and how big this matchup is in terms of a test for the St. Louis Blues team right after a word from our sponsors. All right, so a couple notable stats heading into this weekend's matchup against the Vegas Golden Knights. David Perron has four goals in his last five games. Ryan O'Reilly has seven points in his last five games. Mark Stone has 10 points in his last five games with a five-assist game thrown in there. And Alex Tuck has been heating up as well, five goals in his last five games. So combine that with the man of the hour, Alex Petrangelo, who is sitting at a plus eight. In his last five games, he's been finally figuring it out for the Vegas Golden Knights. Kind of the same way as Tory Krug, I feel like. He finally figured out his role in the system, uh, slotting into it perfectly. And I think his coach made some comments about him being the elite defenseman that they spent all of that money on. 
Obviously, in net, you expect Jordan Bennington to go. He's 9-6-3 on the season with a 9.08 save percentage. Defense hasn't really helped him out in that scenario. But you look on the other side of the aisle, and Marc-Andre Fleury is probably one of, if not the best goaltender in the league right now, sitting at a 12-4 and record, a goal against average of 1.57, and a 9.43 save percentage with four shutouts. So the Blues offense has been productive lately. It's been productive against Anaheim Ducks the Los Angeles Kings, and the San Jose Sharks. The Vegas Golden Knights are a completely different beast. And we saw it last game. Obviously, it was a great setup by Tory Krug, finding Braden Shen on the back door in the third period. Uh, the puck doesn't get slotted home. Braden Shen misses the net. The Blues and Sharks go to OT, and the Blues end up losing. So it's little plays like that where maybe you don't think about them that much in the second that they happen, but it can be the difference between winning a game and losing a game. It can be the difference between making the playoffs and not making the playoffs. So for the Blues to be successful this weekend, they're going to need to create a plethora of scoring chances because eight times out of ten, Marc-Andre Fleury is going to rob you, and they're going to need to do it consistently because this Vegas team has some firepower in Pacioretty and Tuck and Alex Petrangelo, Mark Stone. They're loaded up and down the roster, and if the defense kind of folds back into it, lackluster play we've seen earlier on in the season, uh, it's going to be a long day. Thankfully, Vegas is 23rd in the league with a 17% conversion rate on the power play, so getting into penalty trouble isn't that big of a factor. But in contrast to that, I feel like the Blues have gotten a lot of help on their power play recently, and the argument could even be made that it swayed the decision in some games. Vegas is second in the league in penalty kill with 88%, so unfortunately for the Blues, I don't think they're going to be able to rely on that power play success in this series. Most of the goals are going to come at 5-on-5, five five, and under normal circumstances, that would be a fantastic scenario for the St. Louis Blues because they're structured to be a 5-on-5 five five team uh, that wears teams down physically and exposes their weaknesses. However, because there's been so many injuries on this team, it doesn't really feel like that's their mantra this season. At least they haven't really fit into it yet, if it is their mantra. I think they're slowly trying to figure out what the best style of play is for them. Maybe a hybrid of speed and physicality to, to try and cater more towards guys like Mike Hoffman and Jordan Cairo. But this, to me on paper, this feels like a game that's going to be decided by one elite performance of one individual player just playing out of his mind. And thankfully for the St. Louis Blues, they just got a guy back who's capable of doing that in Vladimir Tarasenko. Obviously, he's kind of been quiet recently, but I do believe that Jordan Cairo is that level of player as well that can kind of take over a game. So Vladimir Tarasenko and Jordan Cairo being on the same line, centered by Ryan O'Reilly, in my opinion, could very well be the deciding factor in this game. If Jordan Cairo, if it clicks for him this game and figures out like, oh, this is where Tarasenko's going to be when I have the puck. This is where Ryan O'Reilly's going to be when I have the puck. Because if you remember, towards the beginning of the season, he was playing with Jaden Schwartz and Braden Shen. And so now having an entirely new line, albeit very talented players, but entirely new line mates, it takes you a little bit to get situated with them, right? And he's kind of been thrown around. He's played with Hoffman. He's played with Perron, all of these guys. So it's difficult to build momentum in that respect. But if he can find established chemistry with Vladimir Tarasenko and Ryan O'Reilly, two of the most electric and talented players in the entire NHL, there's no reason that we shouldn't see his numbers in offensive production pick back up to where they were earlier in the season. Possibly even surpass that. But Ryan O'Reilly is capable of being that game breaker as well. Uh, Zach Sanford has been a sleeper for that role, but there's been games where he's absolutely taken it over this season and on that hot streak. The fourth line as a whole could be a deciding factor. Jordan Bennington could be a deciding factor. 
Tori Krug, I felt like would have been the deciding factor last game had we won. Mike Hoffman can be the difference. So there's a lot of guys on this lineup that can put the team on their back for one play or one goal and that be the deciding factor. Personally, for me, I would love for it to be Vladimir Tarasenko, one of those power moves, which even in these two games that he's played with us, I feel like I've seen that power move from the outside, dip the shoulder, lean in on the dude and just fight it out to the inside, rip a shot on goal. I feel like I've seen that move a million times more than I have in the past. And I think that's because he finally feels comfortable playing with that shoulder and dipping that shoulder into another player because I'm sure before that didn't feel too good. But on the other side, uh, Vegas has Alex Tuck, who's been red hot. They've got Max Pacioretty, who scored 12 goals this season. They've got Mark Stone, who just had a five-assist game the other day. They've got Alex Petrangelo, who has a lot to prove to his old team after getting walked by Jordan Cairo last time. They've got Marc-Andre Fleury Annette, who's been playing out of his mind. There are a lot of star players in the NHL in this matchup, and I can't wait to see who comes out on the right side of it. See, these are some big points coming up here as we get further on in the season, especially if they do end up canceling the season altogether, which, to be fair, it feels like they've kind of got the COVID cases under control now. It was a little bit shaky there early on in the season, but I do think they will end up finishing this season. But if everyone doesn't finish their games, uh, they would probably move to point percentage where the Blues are kind of struggling right now, albeit they have played a lot more games than everyone else in the division. And this break from now until Friday could be very crucial in getting guys back, getting guys healthy, getting guys rested, uh, and back to playing their full potential. But like I said, some very big points coming up here against Vegas. We'll finally end up seeing Minnesota, who's been on fire, behind Dollar Bill Kirill later on in the month. And then April's probably going to be a bloodbath, so... Like I said before, March is the time to get the wheels churning for this team. It feels like they're doing that. Fixing all the problems with the passing, the defensive zone exits, minimizing the turnovers, locking down the defense, figuring it out on the power play, and creating some different looks for scoring chances. So they put all the time in, and now I think it's really going to be their first big test of the season in this series against Vegas come Friday and Saturday. Because obviously starting the season off against Colorado, and we played a series against Vegas as well earlier on in the season, um, those are big games too, don't get me wrong. But you figure out a lot more about this team, about yourselves along the way, and a lot more about those teams as well after a series against them. So I think this series will really give us a good look of what we have here in this Blues team and what they're capable of doing come the end of the season, come the playoffs, uh, and whatever's beyond that. Thankfully for the Blues, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights just had a six-game winning streak snapped by the Minnesota Wild, their last game by a score of two to nothing. Marc-Andre Fleury only let in one goal, but the empty netter decided it, and Vegas went away empty-handed. So we could be potentially looking at a winning recipe for the St. Louis Blues, who is who are a team uh, that center around their defensive and physical style of play. The only problem with that is we've seen them struggle in that respect early on in this season. Lately, it's been a little bit different, though. If they continue to play defense the way that they did against San Jose, against the Kings, against the Anaheim Ducks, I do think that they'll come out victorious against Vegas Golden Knights, but it's not going to be easy. So, like I said, it's going to be a very good test to see where the Blues are at, uh, even without a lot of key pieces in their lineup, and hopefully we get a Vladimir Tarasenko goal, finally, after so long, as a cherry on top. I really think that's just a matter of time. And another thing that's only a matter of time is until Built Bar decides their Built Bar Madness best flavor voted on by consumers. So we've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate. 
on all bars. But now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It's Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup is banana nut bread and toffee almond up against each other. And then the second matchup of the day is orange versus peanut butter. So I'm definitely taking peanut butter over orange. And I think we're going to go banana nut bread over toffee almond. But if you agree with those, go vote for your favorite flavor. If you disagree with those, go vote for the other ones uh, to cancel out my votes. But but when you do, why not browse the website a little bit? Check out some more exciting flavors because I hear that Built Bar is dropping something massive that will change the protein bar game later on this month. So if you do get something off BuiltBar.com, make sure you use that promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. That is locked on 20 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. So unfortunately at BetOnline.ag you can't vote on the best tasting protein bar or the Built Bar Madness, but you can vote on basically everything else. Football, the NBA, college basketball, the NHL, um, award shows, TV shows, reality TV. There are real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine at betonline.ag. Because BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head over to the website and use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Make sure you use that promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus. Like I said, Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. They're the only people I trust with my money. They're the only people I trust to give me back money when I win big. Check them out. You won't regret it. All right, to round up today's episode, I'm going to give some way too early predictions for this weekend's uh, matchup against the Vegas Golden Knights and also pick my Locked on, initial locked on player of the game. Obviously, we don't really know the set lineups yet. Don't really know who will be coming back, who won't be coming back, or who will be starting in goal. But like I said, I do think the main factor in this game is going to be 5-on-5 play because both of these teams don't have very exciting special teams. I know the Blues power play has been hot, but the Vegas Golden Knights penalty kill has been locked down as well. So like I said, I don't think that's going to play a factor. I do think it's going to come down to goaltending and defense. If Marc-Andre Fleury is on, the Blues are going to absolutely have to put the heat on him and put up a large volume of shots and scoring opportunities. And the latter part, they've kind of struggled in a little bit. I feel like they've been generating scoring opportunities, making them count, uh, getting goals on the power play, but they haven't been generating a lot of scoring opportunities and I think that's really what you need against a goalie like Marc-Andre Fleury and so for that reason I feel like the game is going to rest on the shoulders of the back end a guy like Vince Dunn could be very big in this game a guy like Marco Scandella could be very big in this game Mikola and Bertuzzo as well and I, I think I have enough faith in Tori Krug to go out there and take care of business Justin Falk has given me absolutely zero reason to doubt him this season at all. And Marco Scandella is everything that you you want in a defensive defenseman. I feel like you know what you're going to get with him every single night. And with the offensive prowess that lines up in the Vegas Golden Knights roster, I think this game is going to be huge for Vince Dunn. Because if Vince Dunn has a bad game, it's going to be a long night for the St. Louis Blues. If Vince Dunn has a good game, it's going to be a struggle, an uphill battle for the Vegas Golden Knights. And he's been playing fantastic fantastic hockey lately I know a lot of people like dogging him and using him as the scapegoat because he is that offensive defenseman and probably isn't the most defensively sound defenseman on the team but he's done a fantastic job 
of marking, sealing players out, winning battles, and avoiding turnovers. I think that was the biggest thing early on in the season was he was trying to do a little bit too much with the puck on those stretch passes uh, instead of just swinging at the easy pass and keeping possession. And I think he's done a lot better job of that recently. So there's no reason in my mind to believe that that trend will change. So for that reason, I'm going to pick the Blues to win by a score of 2-1. to one. Uh, I think it's going to be a nail-biter. I think it's going to be 1-1 going into the third period. And I think it's going to end up being a 2-1 game on a late goal by Vladimir Tarasenko or something just absolutely electric. But I do. it is going to take one of those snipers. It's got to be Perron, Hoffman, Vladimir Tarasenko to beat Marc-Andre Fleury clean. Uh, if it's not one of them, you're going to have to get sticks in the lane and some traffic, maybe a tip past him. Unfortunately for the Blues, I feel like they've kind of struggled with that net front presence. Maybe a guy like Zach Sanford gets on the board by tipping it. Who knows, honestly. I guess we'll find out this weekend when Vegas Golden Knights take on the St. Louis Blues. First game is Friday at 7 p.m., but I think that's all the time we have for today's episode. So thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Locked On Blues podcast, part of the Locked On Live Network. Make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever platform you're currently listening on. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Locked On Blues. You can follow me on Twitter at 12215. Like I said, thank you guys so much for tuning in, and as always... Let's go Blues.